So I think that the biggest thing for me is we can inspire people all day, but we have to have actionable items to really help them as well. We really want to make the change. And I think one of the things that stands self love beauty out amongst many others is that we teach you to take care of yourself. Welcome to Mitten Money, delivering insights from Michigan-based business leaders, big and small. William Zank, host of Mitten Money at TriStar Trust, loves nothing more than creating this masterclass so that you can get insight to guide your leadership journey in just under 30 minutes. Subscribe today and connect with William at mittenmoney.com. So Lisa, in doing research for this podcast, I see that you are on the fast track to the C-suite at Dow. You were advancing at a fast pace and were extremely successful at every role that you undertook. Eventually, though, you decided to go make a career pivot to work full-time at something you were working on the side. What prompted you to make this change? And then was there any apprehension towards doing it at the time? So that's a great question. So thanks for asking that. And first off, thanks for even thinking that I was on a fast track to be on the C-suite at Dow. I was kind of shocked when you said that. I would say as a personal person, I think when I started my career, I thought I was on that fast track. And over time, I learned so much about myself and also what success meant to me. What we see on paper isn't always what it looks like on the other side. But I have to say, I had one of the most rewarding careers. I was at Dow for about eight years. During that time, I had a lot of hard moments where I was like, I just want to do self-love beauty full time. I wonder what that would look like. And there was a lot of moments where I was scared. I was super scared. I teach a lot about confidence, but I had to find that confidence in me. What prompted me to really make that change was setting myself up for success to be able to do it. And then eventually, people always say, when you're ready to take the leap, you just know it. And I had one of those days where I was like, I'm ready. I was scared. So ready doesn't mean you're not scared. I was scared. I was fearful, all the feelings. It was one of those moments where it just kind of came to me and I felt very at peace with my decision. And then I made the change. It took me about four years because you go back and forth and you just love your career so much. And then going to a side job, that's a lot on the mind for a while. Yeah, definitely. That is a lot on the mind. And double clicking into that a little further here, what was the inspiration even behind the self-love beauty concept? So as you admitted to in the prior answer, you kind of lacked some confidence at the time. Was that something that you had realized earlier on and then you wanted to try and do something about that or try and help others or teach others like that? I'll start by saying people always ask me, why the name self-love beauty? It's actually a really funny thing because I don't have a great answer. So when I was in college, my senior year, social media was not popular. So I'm going to age myself here for a second, but we had to take the driver license to social media class. And in there, we had to create a blog and I just decided to name my blog Self-Love Beauty. So really, that's how it started. So I did this for class, didn't touch it. And then when you go through a transition in your life, you're getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. And so really, my inspiration behind it was my own story. I struggled a lot with body image, finding confidence. I'm an extrovert. So people think extroverts are just confident because we're loud and we're energetic. But that doesn't always mean that we aren't dealing with stuff internally. My inspiration started with me, but I would say pivotal moments in self-love beauty came from other people's stories and the relationships that we've built to say, okay, this is a need. How are we going to be a solution? How are we going to help the problem? And so I would say listening to people's stories have continued to be my inspiration. And so with that blog originating in college at Michigan State, if I remember correctly, through some of the research, go Spartans, also a Spartan fan. (laughs) (laughs) Going along through that, as you're working at Dow, you're continuing to go work and work on this blog. I know that eventually you'll make that pivot over to 
being in self-love beauty full time, but were you also doing other things outside the blog throughout this whole process too? Did you start on that workshop side? Was it something that possibly as you were doing the blog more and more, something that you saw other friends also potentially encountering, other coworkers that you're encountering? We did make a lot of pivots from the blog to workshops. And it really started with me being like, you know what? We need to do more. I tried out some things. So my first workshop ever was the self-esteem workshop where I taught young girls. We did sports and self-esteem at the same time. So that's where it got started. And then I remember it was 2018. I was teaching a workshop and I was listening to young girls talking and I could tell what they were talking about. They had actually picked up from their parents. They picked up from the women in their lives, their role models. And it was very interesting to tell that there's still a lot of people struggling. I also worked at a corporation where women were very open with me about their own struggles. I realized that we had a generational problem. We weren't just having the kids feeling a certain way, but also my age group and generations above us. My mom would even say that she had her own struggles as well. I would say that that started to pivot and move. And then of course... Self-Love Beauty has this great support system of individuals who tell me very great feedback. And they help me create programs that people actually want. So I'm really big on that. And so that they were kind of part of that pivotal moments as well. Well, so if I'm capturing that correctly, not only did you start these workshops, it seems like that for a lot of these workshops, they've come from user feedback. Would that be correct? And then How do you even come up with the idea generation behind that? Because self-esteem could seem natural why you'd want to go cover that. But as you're thinking about potential workshops, how do you go about doing that? People always say like, I don't know where to start because we want to have this ambiguous goal where we want to have the highest self-esteem within six months. And we think that once we get to that moment, that everything's going to be perfect. And I just always bring people back down to earth a little bit and remind them that whenever you start something, it's not easy. The ups and downs of life are always going to be a thing. And so is your journey, but you have to start somewhere. So if you don't start and you keep saying, well, I'll just do it tomorrow. I'll just do it tomorrow. We all do that with sleep, diets, work. We all have our excuses, but if you really want to make a change in your confidence and self-esteem, mental well-being or anything, you have to start. And I've seen a lot of people utilize their first step when working with us with support systems, meaning that it's someone like, hey, can you go with me? Those types of things. Because some people are open to just trying, but it's always sometimes better when you have a supportive person to come with you. And if you don't have a supportive person, we always tell everybody, just call us. We'll make sure that there's someone there to be supportive of you. Workshops are one aspect of it, but I always tell everybody that it really comes down to peer-to-peer support, really tools that are going to help you and that you can integrate into your life as well that we teach. That's really cool, especially having that buddy system I see. It'd be a lot easier for someone to go attend with that, having a friend with them or to go take along with them or even just that phone call introduction. I think that's so special. And so in your opinion, how can a business owner or manager be more aware of certain things? that a team might need like some of these services? And then when would someone consider even bringing someone on like yourself to host an event? Does it work for any size business? A lot of times what I hear is people are teaching other individuals the what. They're teaching them the what is confidence, what is mental well-being, but no one's actually teaching the how. So I think that the how is super important. So I would say that any leader out there, first off, you have to ask your employees, 
questions. You have to deep dive into that. Well, what does mental well-being mean to you? Do you even know what that means? And then creating an opportunity where tools can come into place. So I think that the biggest thing for me is we can inspire people all day, but we have to have actionable items to really help them as well. Because if we really want to make the change, I think one of the things that stands Self-Low Beauty out amongst many others is that we teach you to take care of yourself. Self-esteem is all about you. So self-confidence is about you. And so I think it's important that any employee out there understands that one size does not fit all. And that if you want to do this, it's not going to be results overnight. Unfortunately, I cannot do instant gratification with those things and that it's going to be a magic pill really quickly. So I would say that those are some things that I always love to be super transparent about. But in bringing someone in like me, workshop styles are always the best when you have 30 or less because of the psychological safety that that creates. But in a sense that you have a lot of employees, of course, we want to get the word out to anybody. And so it's really just about having the conversation, asking the questions, and really understanding that this is all to benefit your employees and to really help them. But sometimes self-love is one of the steps. It's really about integrating it into your culture and then taking the tools that we're teaching and bringing us in for more than just one time. Of course, and something that I would love to know, as you were mentioning, listing off all those things, which I appreciate, how do you go about having that first initial icebreaker or that first initial moment within these workshops to really get people up and going? Because for some of these things, I'm just thinking out loud for myself. I mean, that could be really, really intimate to yourself towards some things that you're struggling with or working on. Maybe you could be good friends with your coworkers, but are you really that good of friends with your coworkers? Is that something to where you share a personal story? I mean, how do you get those things kicked off in the right way? Well, first off, I can't share all of my secrets. And I'm just kidding. But I would say that I think it's also about understanding that everybody is going to come in a little bit apprehensive, even the person that has a lot of self-esteem. So it's about creating that culture and creating that safe space right in the beginning. And that's my job to create this atmosphere with icebreakers, with getting people energized through tools and resources. And then the conversation starts to flow. I can't promise anybody in the first 10 minutes that everybody's going to be up doing a dance with me. But I can say by the end of it, you are. You're getting there. You're so comfortable. And sometimes you don't have to share. That is really about a personal decision. We do love when people do, but we do a lot of different activities where it's movement and action so that you are thinking as a team or thinking by yourself. So you have both opportunities and then you can open up throughout that. Going in connection with that, Lisa, do you think social media has been better for people or worse for people for mental health? And in addition, what are some ways that people can also become less reliant on it? Because for better or worse, now that we have everything kind of in our phones nowadays, we have our GPS, we have our music, we have our phones, a lot of ways to go stay connected with your friends, but that can also create a whole lot of issues. And so do you mind touching on that? I think this is a question that I get asked probably on a weekly basis is social media better or worse for your mental health? And I always ask the person, well, how do you utilize it? Because it is an individualized thing. You have the choice at your fingertips, you have it on your desktop, and it's all about how you decide to use it. Are you following people on social media that bring joy to you? That you, when you look at their posts, it makes you want to be better or it makes you have a tool? Or are you scrolling and you're comparing yourself and you're causing more anxiety and depression? causing that spiral effect of negativity onto you. And if you are doing that, then it is worse for your mental health. And my suggestion for you is 
you have to take the steps. I can't touch your phone and tell you here, all the people to unfollow or all the groups to unfollow or X, Y, Z. It is a person's decision to do that. And I also will bring up to any parent out there who is struggling with kids that are with social media. I always tell everybody we're their role models. So it has to start with us in one way. Kids are pretty smart, but if we're telling them one thing and we're contradicting in a different way by our actions, they're still going to follow our actions. So I would just say to anybody out there, if you're looking at it in that aspect and you're worried about your children or someone else, just be reminded of how you utilize it too. And then I think that some ways that people become less reliant, I will raise my hand and say that I was obsessed with TikTok for probably the month of February. I used to watch videos before I went to bed. I actually had to stop that because I noticed every morning I was becoming very exhausted and I couldn't figure out why. And it was because my brain was so stimulated. I thought it was mindless tasks, but because I was staring at a screen, I have a practice now where I'm not allowed to touch it at night. So it's really putting those habits into your life and also being less reliant. The most beautiful thing is it means that you are present with those people in front of you. Just remind yourself that the less that you are on your phone, the more that you're giving time to the things that are in front of you. And when I hear people say, I don't have time to take care of myself, I always ask them, how long do you spend on social media? How many times do you scroll for five minutes? Five minutes is better than nothing when it comes to taking care of yourself. So if you can take five minutes away from your phone in order to do five minutes of reading or walking or just breathing or honestly closing your eyes, whatever works for you, you are going to see a big shift in yourself as well as your family and friends and who you surround yourself with. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting way of thinking about it, Lisa. I never thought of the other health, not benefits, but other de minimis health things that could happen from social media for example, in yourself being exhausted in the morning because that TikTok or that social media app is more of a stimulant to your brain. So that's actually a really intriguing way of thinking about it, which I can start to see now through all these questions and through the research why you've been so successful. And so a question for you is, what does it mean to you that your business and yourself has been so successful? You've grown your business exponentially over the years. I've known you won a Ruby Award and many other awards too for the work that you've done. What does it all mean to you? I'll probably get tears even talking about it too much because honestly, it's tough. In the beginning, it was really tough. I still have to prove myself every day. There are still people that ask me all the time, well, why is your nonprofit important and what the work that you're doing? And I'm young and I get that and I've still had to prove myself and I know that for the rest of my life, I will. I would say that when it comes to success is when people are questioning you, they're providing a lot of feedback. And so I've had to become really good at taking feedback, understanding where people are coming from and take that and learn from it. I think that that's one of the things that can make anybody successful is having a growth mindset of understanding, nope, they're giving me this to really help me grow. I can take it as I want. So that's one thing. The other thing is I always tell everybody I have the best board in the world. I have the best board of directors, advisors. I have the best volunteers, ambassadors. I have the best family. And I am biased and I know that about that. But I would also say that they've helped me be successful. They're the people that are running around doing things for us and being an ear and the people that are transparent and honest about how this workshop was or what they'd like to see differently. They're the reasons why we've been successful. And then last but not least is I have never given up. I think that that's another aspect. It's really easy when things get hard to give up. And I just remind myself what self-love beauty has been doing to help people and how it's helped me. That also has a caveat into that piece. And I could go on and on about 
all of the things, but I would say it means a lot to me to know that people are finally taking confidence and self-esteem seriously because for so long, I felt like I was trying to drill that into people's heads. And I'm really, really happy to see people wanting to grow in those areas. Fantastic. No, I really do appreciate you touching on that. There's so many good points to dive into there. But I have to keep moving along now onto our new lightning round of questions. And so, Lisa, what would you say is your most important daily habit? I move. I love to run or get on my Peloton. Those are one of the things that I have to do daily. Now I have to follow up 5K, 10K, one of the crazy ones out there running marathons. I have run marathons. I've done a few of those. But right now I'm just sticking to runs with the dogs. That's where I'm at right now. (laughs) So Lisa, if you had one song that could be the theme song to your life, what would it be? And what would you choose? My song and anybody that's ever done karaoke with me or has been in one of my icebreakers, my workshops, no, it's Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. It's been my song forever. And so if you ever see me at a karaoke bar, you know that that's what I'm singing. (laughs) That's really interesting. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? I would say that it would be for self-love beauty, obviously, but really about my energy and about my heart. I think that those are the two things that I'd like to be remembered for. So for those who want to learn more about yourself, Lisa, or self-love beauty, what are some good resources for the listeners out there? You can follow me on LinkedIn, Lisa Thompson, Instagram, Lisa Thompson Official, or you can email me as well. My information's out on selflovebeauty.com. Self-love beauty is on all channels. We even are on TikTok. So check us out, follow us. And then you can always email me at lisathompson at selflovebeauty.com. I love working with people, helping them, coaching them, and then finding the right programs for them to be part of or their families to be part of. So lots of good resources out on our website. Well, perfect. Thanks, Lisa. And thank you again for listening to another episode of Mid Money. Please don't forget to follow our podcast so you don't miss a new episode's drop. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Will. You've been listening to Mitten Money, sponsored by TriStar Trust. Subscribe to the podcast and learn more about how William and the TriStar Trust team can guide your small business at TriStarTrust.com. <laughs>